What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 351, the one that we were not sure would be here as of the last episode, but obviously mm-hmm. um, we're here. Uh, we meaning us, meaning I am Steve, one of the co-hosts, and as always, I'm joined by Ron. And John. And, you know, Steve, I was thinking about that, that like we are now, it, now that we're not worried about any kind of podcast promise or any podcast curse about how many episodes we're supposed to do, right. we're sort of in a no man's land or a no person's land, if you will, where it's like <laughs> you, you could say that uh, there are no limits, there are no promises, oh, there are no rules. Movie schmovie. <laughs> what do you think about that? And for oh, branding. Yeah. See, see, I like yeah, it. I mean, we see how it goes. I mean, sounds sounds accurate. It does. <clears throat> How's everybody holding up? Good, man. Good. Good to see you guys. Took a bit yeah. of a break, some travel. A few of us traveled over the past couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, we're getting back at it. We're back to our miserable lives. Back to our miserable. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about that going into the show. It's like coming off a of vacation just like yep back to the grind back to the schmovie well before you go on a vacation it's like you're walking around and you've got like a little secret smile no matter what happens it's like the line's too long at the store yeah. somebody says hey will you get this file for me one little extra thing you have this little secret smile something in your back pocket where you're like yeah. i'm so i'm so far away from this i have a vacation coming up and then when you yeah. when you get back from vacation it's like now you have like a little secret frown yeah <laughs> which yeah. is like it's, i don't really know scary. what i'm looking forward to right now you know i yeah. think it's a weird thing we do to ourselves but obviously we need the break we need to get away yeah man change of scenery <laughs> just not being in your own house and being able to think about all the stuff you got to do around your house it's like for sure it's like for you're sure. in a place where it's like it's not your problem you know so you can yeah. kind of yeah. detach you know what I'm starting to realize? Like, I guess post lockdown, man, like other other places just live in a space we can always travel. It's not like a every other place that I've, you know, I know people that live. So I have a friend that just like travels. I'm like, you travel with your your kid? He's like, yeah, like that's just what we do. Yeah. It's like every every couple months, it's like, oh, let's go to Switzerland. Let's go to I'm like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I want to try to do that. I want to try to make traveling a part of my name, not out of the country, but like Pennsylvania or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Switzerland or Pennsylvania. We're not sure. <laughs> I mean, they're one in the same, really. I mean, one Switzerland, in the same, they think, like in Switzerland, if you live there, you're equal. Like, like, uh, like their yeah. Switzerland is Pennsylvania. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, yeah. our gem, you know, like people yeah. come to Pennsylvania, <laughs> come to the States. For sure. For sure. Uh, people got to come over here and find out if, if people really pronounce their O's that way. They're like, I got right. to gotta come see this. Yeah, yeah. They're like, or, hear, or hear this. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Uh, Mayor of Easttown is huge over there. So yeah. like, they just got to so come to the film. <laughs> got to get to a Wawa. <laughs> Need a hoagie. Um, yeah, man. But yeah, we got a lot going on in this episode, or at least a lot of mm, randomness, sure. I think. Like just yes. some catch-ups yeah. and some what have we seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got our the required viewing. Ronald, you last time picked. Uh, I don't know. You can you can remind everybody what what your choice was. The brave little toaster. Right, right. Um, yeah. So we'll get into that in a bit. Um, was there any news at the top you guys wanted to mention to go through? Yes. Look yes. At, look there at the face. I mean, look. I don't think it gets any better. You. So you you've poisoned my mind with this welcome to Wrexham show that is 
crept into my emotions. <laughs> I'm so weepy every episode. So I'm like, yeah, it's great. Invested in Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah. Then we get a bombshell in the form of a little funny teaser that Hugh Jackman will be appearing in Deadpool 3 in 2024. And then a right. follow-up video that kind of hints at it that the story won't interfere with Logan. It won't it won't step on the toes of Logan, which is really cool. So how well, you guys feeling about it? I mean, we all love Hugh Jackman on this show, I think. I think yeah, absolutely. I, I think we all We're also Hugh. agree. Yeah, we're, we're huge. We're huge on Hugh. There it is. There it is. That's what I was going for. Yeah. But I was going to say, we also agree that he, him in this role is one of those little bits of superhero casting that's, it's got the same alchemy of like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Oh, or yeah. A few of the other, you know, big ones. And so there's this weird danger of, oh, it's exciting to think that you could get a little bit more of that energy, but it also is coming after the perfect send-off, maybe totally. the best superhero yeah. movie. It's in contention, in my mind, for best superhero movie ever, Logan. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, I know they must be in respect of that. I, the, I, I mean, I think, be. Yeah. I think the, there is a difference between saying he's going to be back as Wolverine in Deadpool 3 and saying... MCU has announced that they've cast their Wolverine and exactly. it's Hugh Jackman. However, yeah, yeah. I don't think that means we won't get him as Wolverine. There's a lot of variables to this. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'll just spit yeah. a few things out and then see what you guys think. One is, who knows by 2024, by September of 2024, what they would have put in their other movies and shows to sort of pave the way for mutant stuff to come up. It's not yeah. like that'll be the. It's not like he's going to be in the next thing and we're going to see it tomorrow. They've got two years right. to get us ready for this. The other is. If you're going to launch the X-Men in the MCU as new characters, do you need Wolverine to be part of that initial team, to be part of that, whatever that that origin story is? Or can he just be this guy who we know, oh, he got brought over in Deadpool 3 from another universe, but now he's stuck here? Or maybe some indication that Wolverine's been around all this time and we just haven't seen him yet? I mean, does that work with any kind of unrolling of a new X-Men mythos that we've all sort of assumed that the MCU is going to do, right? Is like have have a big time rolling out their new X-Men. So, so what do you think yeah. of all that? And how does he fit in? I mean... How does that fit in with uh, what they could be planning? He's necessary. He's necessary. Only, only, it, and I think that because, let's be honest, man, uh, all of the franchises, I mean, have had kind of an interesting time. I won't say bad because there has been some light in the middle of the Marvel stuff. But I think in order to win people over with the idea of the X-Men, especially fanboys and fangirls all over the world and fandoms. I think you what you're gonna have to do is is sweeten the pot, right? X-Men is probably one of the most anticipated Marvel properties in history. Not I mean like sure, Spider-Man is incredible. When X-Men comes, we're gonna see a different level of fandom. Just like this kind of on the level of Spider-Man, right? Yeah. So I think in order to win them over, in order for people to not to riot in the streets. You gotta have Wolverine, and you have to have a good Wolverine. And if that means securing you again, if they look and they can't find a good Wolverine to replace Wolverine, just give us Hugh. If they're trying somebody new, you know, I'm all, I'm all about that. But it has to be a good person. It has to be somebody that kind of fits that role and gives us the the good amount of toxic masculinity and fragility <clears throat> that Wolverine has. I'm a big fan. Yeah. 
I mean, definitely agree. I think in general, like I would I would be shocked if they don't already know who the next Wolverine is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think there's there's been rumors about people that are in the running. And I, I, I feel like Marvel probably knows who that's going to be. But I think that kind of the idea that they've been really doubling down on this whole, you know, you know, the the, 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 the four or five, six phases in terms of like multiverse stuff and and even just the the playground that Deadpool is. You know, it just seems like a great way to, you say, sweeten the pot. Yeah, like it's just like, okay, what's something that people love? Well, they love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. It's it's yeah. wildly known how close, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are. And not to mention yeah. that Sean Levy's directing Deadpool 3, who also has a great relationship with both of those yeah. stars. There's just such like, there's just such synergy there that it, there, there's no way to not do this, you know. And, and it, Feige just, and Feige and Hugh. Right. right. Yeah, he, sure. Yeah. I mean, he's a big other, part yeah. of that whole yeah. X-Men, that version of the X-Men, you know, sure. In the yeah. 20th century Fox of it all. Yes. Like there's a relationship there. So I think there's a no brainer uh, in, in play here, which is like, let's let these people who are like great friends and fuck around all the time and people love yeah. together, you know, let them do something with this. That's that's very special. You know, and whether that's a, a long term thing in the movie or if there's a long term play for Hugh Jackman in the MCU, who knows what that is? But knowing yeah. where the phases are going, there's very much it feels like there's probably some version of Hugh Jackman that could be involved in the MCU yeah. for years to come. It's not the version that we saw in Logan, probably, you know, but I mean, it could be something else. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that's cool. And I think that, you know, again, Deadpool is a great film to mess around with that in. Um, those actors are great together. Um, and Ooh. that's 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 just like call it what it is. Like Ryan Reynolds is a marketing machine. And, you know, the fact that we're talking about this two years out and there's this much excitement over it. And within you know 24 hours, you get two great videos the, to think between now and then what they're going to put out, you know, you know, what they're going to use to promote that movie. Um, yeah. With everything he's done with the Deadpool franchise, and you know Sean Levy, who I you know I think is a great choice for this um, this movie coming in, it's just, it's just a really exciting thing, and it's like it is a marquee name to have in the MCU, Wolverine yeah. and Deadpool, yeah. and to have Ryan Reynolds be a part of the MCU is a huge asset because he is a machine when it comes to marketing his movies, and um, especially that character, it's like a perfect marriage between the actor and the character and the it franchise. Is. So, you know, it's, I was so excited to see the videos and, you know, I'm sending it around to everybody. I know that cares one iota because it's just like, Oh my God, this is, this is happening. This is, and, and the logo yeah. is awesome. You know, with yeah. the dead, I mean, they, they just know exactly what they're doing. And this is probably one of the areas where there's no question of the quality of what they could do with this, this film. Yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah, man. Super excited. Can't wait to see what they do with it. Two years down the line, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, I think yeah. it's interesting. I, um, I think that idea that they kind of need something to get us juiced at this point. Yeah. Because even if you've been enjoying the sort of slow drip of what they've been doing over the last few years, or the steady drip, I should say, 
Um, you know that a little bit of that specialness has gone out of it, that sense of anticipation, that sense right. of knowing what to expect or what the next big thing is. Like, I'm extremely excited to see the next uh, Guardians movie, but that has as much to do with James Gunn as it does the MCU. I'm right. really excited to see what they do with uh, the next Ant-Man movie, and because that's going to supposedly set the stage for some of this big multiversal stuff. But even with that, and with Wakanda Forever just a couple months away, like, yeah. I have still not felt that, like, Oh, the next big thing in the movies that I'm excited to see is to take my family to go see the next Marvel thing. I'm starting to feel that about some of these things, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But my point yeah, being, sure, sure. You, you you wonder like, yeah, what is that thing that's going to get people kind of excited? And um, I think what's interesting about it being Deadpool is that of all the movies that can play around with which version of Wolverine is this? Uh, oh, are we going to ruin the right. ending of Logan? I mean, he right. could practically turn to the camera and say, totally, I promise yeah. we're not going to ruin Logan for you people. Trust me. You know, yeah. but, but but I also think it would be hilarious if Wolverine does get brought back from the dead and he doesn't do much of anything or something. I was trying to think of like, what kind of joke could they have about like, what does it mean to make it worth your while to bring a character back like this? Because yeah. the question in our minds is like, when does Chris Evans come back? When does Robert Downey Jr. come back? Sure. It's not hard to think that they would use that if, as you're saying, Steve, they only have so many of these like Hail Mary passes with like, okay, how can we get people interested? And you don't want to see them undo everything that they've done. Oh, and yeah, yeah, and yeah, I right. think the people that made Logan know that and the people that are making this new thing probably know that. So, so yeah, it's just an interesting thing. But I agree with you, Steve. The logo is like part of the... Part of the mm. magic of this announcement, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. You, can you can feel the marketing campaign starting up already with that Deadpool mask with the three claw marks through it. So awesome. Because yeah. those two guys' real-life friendship is so antagonistic, at least as mm. far as like what they release, you know, the little videos. Those two characters are so perfect for that kind of one-upsmanship and, and oh making God. it fun. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched about it too. And it, it is a little weird that it's two years out, but I guess that's the way it ought to be, right? They get us excited about yes. something yes. and then yeah. they make a good thing. And and it doesn't mean it's going to be good, but uh, yeah, the pieces are in place for it yeah, to yeah. be for it to be one of those that you're just kind of excited to see. Even if you don't love the Deadpool movies, you can imagine that this one is going to be special, not just because of the Wolverine factor, but because the writers have said again and again, Every little interview I've read has they've been talking about the sort of fun of getting to play in the in the MCU proper, but still get to keep the Deadpool aesthetic. Right. Um, yeah. uh, you know, one of my favorite things about the Deadpool movies is that he can just kind of go across town and knock on the door at the X Mansion. I love that yeah. feeling. So I think you know having a bigger a bigger uh, board to play on and more pieces to play with seems like it would suit the Deadpool uh, movies. So, and you're right about Ryan Reynolds being a crazy marketing machine. It's like, he is it's crazy. He, he, his cell phone company, <laughs> his movies, anything his, he's yeah, involved his, in, his, his, his gin or his tequila yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Mint puts, mobile. Yeah. Like every, everything, any, yeah. And it's, it's all. Do, in the do you like mint mobile Ron? Cause we've been thinking about it. I've been using it for five years. Okay. It's I love it. It's right. it's I've traveled all over the world with it and it works really well. Okay. Um yeah, the the only thing is that sometimes I forget <laughs> that like whatever money is coming out from six months of use, like I forget about that sometimes. I'm like, oh, I paid for six months. Like I haven't paid a bill. Oh, the next chunk is coming out. Yeah. That's the only thing. Um, but besides that, you really, you really get used to just it's okay to not spend a lot of money on your phone. And that that's a that's a very foreign concept for Americans, right? Like 
you people are used to like my my bill should be one hundred twenty dollars. That's 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 how I have a good cell phone. That's yeah. how it works. And it's not like that. It doesn't have to be like that, especially since it uses T-Mobile towers. You know, it's just, you know, it uses towers that. Are this episode team. brought to you by Mint Mobile. I know. Mobile, I was about yeah. to say. Right. I mean, Ryan's done it to me, man. He's like, he's 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 convinced me. <laughs> um, um, well, wh- why don't we move on to something you convinced us to do, which is to watch the mm-hmm. movie from 1987, uh, The Brave Little Toaster. Uh, I'd love to hear what made you choose this movie. It was on the heels of me choosing an anime yeah. from my childhood um, for, that was only from a few years before, 1982, but it's interesting yeah. noticing the differences. Yeah, talk a little bit about uh, Brave Little Toaster and why you picked it. Brave Little Toaster was a weird thing because it was on like it's like Disney adjacent. It was like Disney's a video sort of releases. Like Disney um, helped helped fund the making of it, but yes, it didn't get yes. made with their production imprint. They, they didn't it was sort of like it a, for a while, but and, and it was kind of like yeah, it was not yeah. made in like in house at Disney, and it was right. always kind of shunted off to the side. And I think there was a yeah. time where it was going to be the first CGI movie that Disney, like John Lasseter was supposed to be involved. And then it got shelved and then, you know, got made the way it got made. But what's interesting is then when John Lasseter made Toy Story, he clearly still had uh, a lot of ideas from this movie on his mind. Clearly. (laughs) And and, and I kind of, that's kind of what I was getting at. You know, I didn't mean to like, I'm I'm not slandering Toy Story. I'm just saying like, this is the bones of that story for sure. For sure. And um, it's really cool that, you know, if somebody's like, man, I've never seen a movie like this. A movie's never, you're like, well, well I, have, I have a movie that came out decades beforehand that kind of has the bones of this story. Not quite as, as Well, squishy. a decade. A de- maybe a decade? <laughs> yeah. w- w- when did Toy Story come out? 90, 94, 95? Five? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So 94? This, so this is a it full was really eight, 94? This is a full eight years before that still, though. Yeah, I feel like it was 90. Jesus Christ. Christ right? Yeah, it was something. Oh like that. wow! So no, not ten years. This, eight. I mean, it makes it even weirder. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a cool movie. Not quite as fun. <laughs> I'm gonna say that off top. It's not quite, but the music is very fun, man. Like the musicality of it is something I really thought that like added something to it. Just when I was like, man, that's. That is one of the saddest scenes I've ever seen. An uplifting song comes in and kind of swoops in and makes me feel good. But yeah, that's I've, I've loved that movie forever. I kind of feel like the Brave Little Toaster. I feel like we've we've we all kind of have felt like that. Like we come into a world where like it's unknown. We're we're very small, and you know, you feel small at first, but then as you find your bones, you know, you kind of figure things out. Like you, you can get through anything. And I always felt like the brave little toaster. I was like the brave little toaster, but with Blanky's personality. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some of these, what these characters are. It, it, this yeah. is, and the reason why it's so much like toy story is because it's a, what happens to the objects, the appliances, the, the things you use when you're not around. And we, yes. we start this movie in a cabin that seems like it's been abandoned for five years, but it seems like it's not that far of a drive and the family likes it. So I don't know why yeah. they aren't using the cabin. But right. inside the cabin, there are there's a vacuum cleaner, a lamp, a toaster, uh, an electric blanket, and, um, and a radio, radio that are all sort of 
anthropomorphized and talking to each other. And it's a little bit like Andy from Toy Story in that they are missing their, their owner, but the, they keep calling them the master, which is very strange. Very strange. Yeah. <laughs> and this, and it's a little culty, but it, you know, it, it, it's, and I guess it's missing that element in Toy Story. It always felt like we were commenting on the notion that Woody is a little too into Andy. You know, mm-hmm. this this movie doesn't really get into that idea. It's mostly just sort of presented unironically that that yeah. they, that they love their owner because they got used. They got even though it's weird that they they talk like they got played with, but it's like the vacuum cleaner and the lamp got played with, <laughs> yeah. the toaster yeah. got played with. It's a little fuzzy, but it's still it's a it's it's that same concept of Toy Story is that like when someone shows up or turns and looks they have to they have to act normal but then the yeah. rest of the time they can <clears throat> in fact they worked out like a mobile battery situation for their for their adventure that is very, is very sophisticated yeah. yeah i like how their i like how the cable particularly the vacuum cleaner kirby his his electrical cable could be extended to be like a hundred feet long if needed yes or it's With- like it's like a few inches long you know how did you feel about the murder suicide that the air conditioner did was attempting to do in the house for no reason? He's just the, like, I can't take this shit. Murder suicide. We're all gonna go. I'm gonna kill myself. You'll die with me. The and the then, air conditioner it, with the voice of Jack Nicholson as performed by uh, Phil Hartman, right? Which makes it even stranger. Which is so sh- the, the choices that they make in some of the, some of these scenes are just. Uh, to adults, sometimes I feel like, could I show this to my daughter, you know, when she gets to a point where she could watch it? And I don't know if I could like show it to her like four, maybe I like fe- seven. I feel like seven or eight would be about the right age, but yeah, if they're yeah. sophisticated, maybe even younger than that. Because I feel like if mm. you get too old, this movie is going to fall prey to the same thing you experienced with The Last Unicorn, Ron, which is like, mm. it's going to feel too slow. It's going to feel too of another time. It's going to feel yes, the, the yes, pace yes. is going to feel a little herky-jerky. Like, this is a movie that moves pretty fast, but somehow still does feel a little long at 90 minutes. Yeah. And I yeah. think the musical moments, for me, always felt like, oh, yeah, this is like a punctual, like one of those music, you're watching an animated movie and it gets to another song and you go, okay, I can tell we've got this much more movie left. Um but uh, sure. but no, I do think that that would be the main thing, and it's I, I don't know what it is. I can't really put my finger on it. What it is about older movies that the pacing, the way they move from scene to scene, the performing—it's just different. And it's like it's hard yeah. to picture a younger audience unless the, unless, like I said, you play it for them when they're so young that their tastes aren't formed yet. It's right. hard to picture them not thinking this just feels old, e- even if it didn't look a little old. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I can't it's- put my. I can't quite say what I'm trying to say. One of the things that makes it feel old is like sitcom transitions. So like this is a very common in old movies, especially the last unicorn in this one. Like somebody will say something like, and then he took all my money. And then they'll sit on that moment and it'll transition like fade to the next scene, which which is like a, a an applause break, legitimately right. applause break that is built into a, a cartoon. That was like, I guess it was like, this was like when older sort of producers were making stuff. They're like, yeah, that applause Blake right there because they're, they're going to laugh at this joke. This is going to be right. funny. And it just kind of sits there for longer than it should. And then it transits, kind of that slow fades into the next scene. There's there's like 10 of those in this movie. And that's one of the things that, that I really did. I, I don't remember even seeing in the last like 10 years or so. I think you maybe might be even right. more. 
like that, that kind of in, ending a scene and kind of fading out, <laughs> yeah. but but not necessarily ending a scene, ending a moment wherever the scene the is, moment. and so that it's yeah, as though yeah. the characters then freeze and then it slowly fades to another scene. And I think yeah, you're mm -hmm. right. Both movies have like then a little musical interlude sometimes, yeah, um, mm -hmm. before it gets to the before it gets back to the characters. I did think that like. Um, it was fun hearing, you know, like I think John Lovitz and Phil Hartman so both in yeah. this were before, I think they recorded it around the time they were starting to do Saturday Night Live. So it's like, oh, wow. like th they were picked up because they, they wanted, they went to the groundlings, the, the sketch troupe to like find voice performers for this, which is very okay. smart because it does have, wow. you know, again, for, for 1987, it does feel like it's got yeah. some kind of like modern comic rhythms for that time. Um, and I think I read that John Lovitz recorded all of his parts in one day because he had to go off. He was working on SNL. He had, he was too busy. And so all of his stuff was done in one day, which is why, and this is why I looked it up, which is why if you notice, he doesn't sing his parts, his parts are not, it's a different oh. voice, someone kind of doing a John Lovitz impression. And I noticed that it wasn't John Lovitz singing and I looked that up and it's because like they literally had him for, for one full day marathon session, you know, to do all that stuff. So that's pretty crazy. That's I guess crazy. it, it kind of helps that his character is like disjointed from reality. So it doesn't matter yes. if it doesn't quite sound like he's talking to the other characters. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, well, I would say just another thing that, you know, not to always compare it to The Last Unicorn, but I did have that in my mind when I watched this. I think it also represents when you're watching it, you feel, even though this was funded by Disney and at times could have been a Disney thing, it's a different approach from The Last Unicorn, but it has that same feel of like, oh, this is somebody trying to make a good nice looking animated movie but it but it's yeah. not disney you're, you're getting yeah, something yeah. that didn't go through the, all the disney filters and that might mean a yeah. certain amount of like quality control but it also means a certain kind of homogenization of characters yeah. and themes and ideas and there's a few jokes in this that might not have made it through uh, if it were a disney thing i don't know what the climate like was at the time um but i don't know i didn't know if you guys thought about that just the fact that you know it's still like nowadays, we've got a few different houses making animated movies that are on a certain level. But at yeah. the time, it was like the, anyone who wasn't Disney um, sort of was trying to establish themselves as some kind of an alternative to Disney. And this movie definitely yeah. feels like it's it's another attempt to like do something that does feel a little different than than the you yeah. know the Disney style. <clears throat> yeah, I think it, it definitely like I don't know. There there were there's like a crop of those movies that came out in the eighties and early nineties that just, you know, could have been, should have been, would have been a Disney movie, you know, but what if for whatever reason weren't, or were just like a different animation house or whatever, but like a lot of the, them consistently, I feel like probably you could really tell that they were able to kind of be a little darker, you know, a little, yeah. little less kind of like um, pleasant all the time or, you know, kind of, you know certain kinds of jokes like you're saying or like um that's probably the consistent like that's the through line with that cr those films that were outside of the disney house was that you know because of that quality control or like that that branding that kind of uh control over what the messaging could be in the film or even just the, you know the kind of jokes or the kind of subject matter and you kind of still see that in some ways i mean definitely in some of the pixar movies you know, they've, they've pushed that a little more, but, um, you know, this is one, you know, I, I think of that, and I think of like land before time and even like last unicorn, like a lot of the bigger movies that came out in our, you know, relative childhood or teen years, like 
there are ones that stand out as being, you know, well, those are definitely not Disney movies because the subject matter is a little darker or it's like yeah. not the best ending. You know, it kind of still ends on kind of a downer, mm-hmm. even though it's a little more hopeful. Like even this movie ending, you know, you know, the sacrifice he makes, you know, the idea that he's still being put back together, you know, is 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 optimistic that he's able to, you know, restore him. But it's still kind of like yeah. he still looks pretty, pretty rough. You know what I mean? Like It's not like. <laughs> It's not like riding off as like the best uh, best toaster on the market. You know what I mean? Well, he but, threw yeah. himself into the gears of a of like a car smasher right. machine right. to save his yeah. friend. So I think sure. that to yeah. save to save the little boy who loved making toast in him. <laughs> yeah, hey man, we all have our reasons, John. You know what I mean? Like, hey man, that's his that's his function, and somebody yeah. was using him appropriately. Yes. Yeah, and that's all that mattered. You know what I mean? Like, we all want to be used appropriately by the yeah. master. <laughs> master he kept saying it over and over again. it's the master the master comes um did you notice they had little insults for each other too i wrote down just a few yeah. of them yes. um dial face slot head <laughs> and then also just this is a whole line this is the kind of line that you get in a 1987 movie just period uh, uh pipe down carpet breath <laughs> It's a good one. <laughs> it's a That's good like one. Any writer for kids, you know, like, like that is like the kind that is it. That's that that was the stuff they wrote for us. That's back it. Then. Um, yeah. Well, I, you know, I was like, I would have been fourteen or so when this came out. Yeah, fourteen. Right. So I was a little. I had aged out of. I still tried to see most animated movies because I was always kind of an animation mm-hmm. nerd. But I, I, I never saw this one before this. So oh, I was actually. Wow. I mean, I knew all Wait, about it. What? And I knew that it was like an animated Man. movie that some people had carried forward. But I think if it had come out two years earlier, I definitely would have seen it. Really? And if it had come out a few years later, I probably would have seen it because I was in both cases kind of uh, yeah. e- either a kid or I was like a film buff who was like, oh, it's something new and animated. I'll go see it. But for whatever reason, it slipped through the cracks for me. I think it would have been one of those things when you're 14 or 15, if you don't see it within a couple of weeks of it coming out, you might right, not yeah. see it. And then I don't know if this was the kind of thing I would have rented when I was like dating and stuff in high school. So yeah, I just yeah. don't think it would have been on the radar. Yeah. But it was interesting sure. seeing it because I think I had a very similar journey to what you had with The Last Unicorn, Ronald, which is like, I could definitely see the craft of it, but it was missing for me that magic of the childhood association, but which I, oh, I know yeah. I would have had. If I'd been the right age for this, it's like, that was my jam. The idea of like, what's happening in the house when you're not there and all the characters going on an adventure and the way that everyone kind of teams up. And you even had the sort of comic relief class clown kind of character of John Lovitz doing the radio. And I mean, all that stuff, I know it would have been totally right down the middle uh, for me, but because it wasn't, I was able to see it with a little bit more of a just an eye for the kind of the filmmaking of it. And I really did yeah. think, oh yeah, this is like, this is better than TV animation of the time, not as slick as like Don Bluth or Disney. And therefore it occupies that kind of special place for me of just, yep. of, you know, I love animated movies that, that are in that spot. I mean, as much as we've talked about Disney product on this show and as much as yeah. we love of it, there is something that kind of, polishing that they do sort of takes the soul out of stuff just a little bit or it makes it such a sure. surefire thing that it squeezes out something rough that you get in something like this and so yeah i yeah. think that like and did you notice the pedigree of this uh joe ranft who is like one of the co-creators of this as a movie 
he was a Pixar animator and and writer, and also he did the voice of the repairman guy in this, or the guy who was like, I like how he like he didn't need to lie to customers and say he just got a shipment of stuff in, but yeah. he would like say, oh, I just got a shipment of blender motors in. Let me go back and get a blender motor for you, and then he would cold murder a blender. Yes. Um, and and then go out and and put it in a box and say, oh, it's the last one we have in stock. I I feel like yeah. he he could be honest and say, I think I've got a a blender with a motor. Let me go get it for you. Anyway, yeah. but um, that character was voiced by Joe Ranft, who oh, also wow. did the voice of uh, the little penguin in um, in the Toy Story movies. You know, Lenny the penguin who's got here. the little rattly throat. So yeah. Um, that's really I just, cool. I recognized his voice and I was like, can I be right about this? But I think yes. that's something that the Pixar movies have done a lot of is like use animators and directors for vocal. That's cool. Talent, so. two, two things bother me about that scene. The red marshmallows or pinkish marshmallows, which <laughs> I've never seen in my life. And then like the way that he murders that, that blender and he pulls the, the, the plug and they just, Pull their plug into the yeah. into the carriage. Well, it's like, oh yeah. no, I don't. Wanna... Yeah, it's just it's just a dark sort of thing that keeps happening during the course of the movie. Well, also, he thought that blender's the only one that gets done that way, though. That blender's like yeah. the little shoes in in uh, in uh, Roger Rabbit that get dipped yes, in the stuff. It's yes. like this is the one that really gets murdered, and you, there's no like cutting back to them, and you see that they're still moving or something like that. This is the cold. Blooded, yeah, murder. it was pretty bad. And the kid was gonna get murdered, the master was gonna get murdered. Yeah, the the, the it, it had no limits in terms of like who the villain was gonna attack. So I, I kind of love that about it, but yes, I could see why you would wait about this movie if you if you didn't experience it, you know, really young. But you know, but, it also it also like Toy Story three is still borrowing from this movie with the with the trash compactors yes, or the, the trash burning strange. scene because not only is it like the danger of it, but in this movie I feel like it's maybe two or three times where the characters do that thing they do in Toy Story three of like, well, we're gonna die, like when they're all <laughs> sinking in the mud. Yo, they each one kind of accept their fate as they go down, and it's like it's a little bit of that deep kind of stuff that we give Toy Story three credit Yo. for, which is having them accept their mortality for a second. Of, of all the characters, this I mean, it it always makes me super teary for some reason. The blanket's like I'm not scared. I know. Like I'm like what? Like it, it is a heavy like this this this. They call him a wimp. They call him a loser. Everybody's like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. He's just like I'm not scared. It's so, it fucks with me, man. It's like I I made a note of that too because it's like it, you would think that he would be saying, oh my god, yes. I, I don't want to die, but nah, instead he's, he's like, like, yeah. Yeah, what, whatever, whatever comes, son. <laughs> That's yeah, how it, it is out on these streets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes you die in a in a pool of what was it? Whatever that was. Yeah, I said mud, but it, yeah, it's basically bubbling stuff. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I love that movie. I, I it, it's crazy how much I've watched it. I used to watch it take constantly, constantly, constantly. So, so, so what do you think about the fact that there's a scene where the toaster kills a flower by telling it the truth? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, it's like, no, I don't, are, feel, I don't feel that way about you, flower. And he walks away and the flower just goes, and loses a petal. And it's like the toaster just goes, shit, and walks away. Yeah, man. It's a lot of weird stuff like that. Well, you know, the weirdest scene is the scene with the worm and the frogs and the fish, because I can't tell what's going on there. It seems, yeah. like, the, it seems like the fish is rescuing the worm from the bird so that he can eat it. 
Yeah. But then he lets it go. And so it's like, well, was this an altruistic fish all this time that just wanted to save the worm's life? I thought I thought everybody wanted to eat the worm, and that was what was happening. But it turns out that, like, okay. the frogs and the fish are both like, hey, yes. not our worm. If, if they, tell, they don't want that hawk being the one to eat it, uh, you know. Last thing about that scene. That that happens, but they're also doing an iteration of the song that the that the toy, I mean, that the yeah. appliances just did. How the fuck did they hear that song? They're not even in the same section. And it's almost like, I was like, are they going to die? Is that why? It was very strange to me. Did you think about any of that when you saw it as a kid, Ronald? No. (laughs) And that's as it should be. That that particular scene, no. But everything else I kind of did think. The the blanket thing has forever made me cry for some reason. Like forever. I think it's something about like, you know. That acceptance thing is just heavy, especially for like somebody you wouldn't expect. It's like, oh man, this is. And you know what that is, right? That's him trying to give everybody else a sense of security because he's okay. Oh my god, that blanket. Oh, that's that blanket. secure little blanket. Security it's okay. blanket. It's, it's, it's okay, guys. It's gonna oh, be. Oh man. And that's nobody heavy. would even snuggle Dude. with him the night before. Nobody would right. snuggle <laughs> with him. Everybody fuck said, him. "Fuck off." Fuck him. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, it's even to the point where the lamp is like, I noticed you're being nice to him. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, why are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> why are you being like, they called him a whip. Yeah. No, that's what, that was Kirby, the, the vacuum cleaner who said Kirby that. The vacuum cleaner. And I guess as long as I'm being a nerd about the voices, you notice that that's the voice of uh, the guy who sings, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. And he no. also is like Tony the Tiger from the Frosted Flakes commercials. They're great. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want to know what his name is? If you don't know, yes. he's he's got the best name. Like this is like, if you were a voice actor from the early days of animation <laughs> into the eighties, what name do mm-hmm. you need? You need the name. Where is it? Um, Thurl Ravenscroft. That's a fucking cool name. <laughs> he sounds like he should be in Harry Potter. Thurl. T h u r l. The craziest name I've ever heard. Ravenscroft. Yeah, it's like that sounds like the. Oh you, God. You, you must have a castle somewhere if your name's Ravenscroft. <laughs> Ravenscroft. It's, a, it's a house, yeah, in Game of Thrones. Right. <laughs> right. Ravenscroft. That's nuts. All right, Steve, what's our next required viewing? I think you're next in the rotation. Oh my God, guys, you put me on the spot here. I, I was like realizing, oh shit, I'm next. Um. Let me think here. Give me, give me a second. I'm coming up with this on the spot. Uh, should I keep with the movies from our youth, like those kinds of family movies that are kind of scary or spooky? It is October. Well, it'll be October by then. You know, I I've been wanting to rewatch this um, because I don't even. When did this come up? It was something about the 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 guy who plays one of the leads in it. Like, where where are they now? Mm-hmm. I saw recently, and um, the character's name is Atreyu, and uh, the movie's called The Neverending Story. <laughs> and maybe it's because I've been thinking about Stranger Things recently, but... Um, you fucking with me, man. You yeah. fucking with me. You fucking with me right now. What do you mean? What do you mean? I, like, just watched the German the German cut of that. Like, oh, really? just watched it. I'm, I can't wait. To, I'll watch it again. Yeah, I'll watch yeah, yeah. It. Yeah. Because I was like, I, and I, you know, the guy who played a trailer like is, you know, lives an interesting life it seems. But um, oh, wow. 
uh when we saw it i made a comment about it and sydney was like well what is that movie and i was like trying to trying to explain it to her in the broadest of terms because that's like it's not a cartoon it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a live action movie but yeah. um i don't know i haven't seen that in a long time and sure i guess i'll just it's not animated i couldn't think of anything animated on the spot but yeah can i tell you something crazy about the german cut yeah sure you know that that song is it's in the U.S. version. It's only in the U.S. version. Oh, wow. So when you watch the beginning of the German thing, it's just the never-ending story and then wind blowing. <laughs> there's right. no clouds. There's wow. no, like, yeah. I was so pissed. But I remember, but yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it in forever. And wait, wait. Why were you pissed? Why did you have to watch the German version? <laughs> oh, because, okay, so there's a 4K. So they upgraded it to a 4K. And I wanted to see what it looked like. I'm like, this movie... There's a random like ET Easter egg in that movie. A lot of people don't. A lot of people talk about that. It's a weird movie, man. We should so save that for the show. It. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh save, save the Easter egg. I mean. Yeah. But but speaking of um, of just uh, the way we watch these movies, uh, or or what version you watch, I, I, I we should also mention that the Brave Little Toaster is not like readily available on a bunch of streamers or a it's bunch of services not. and i i guess i don't get that like it seems like this this of all the movies would be just have a permanent home on amazon or netflix or something disney disney has gone in and out of claiming it and i can't figure out why it might be some legal issues with the prop like who owns it who doesn't own it um the master, I actually, the, the master owns it the master owns it yeah. first time i watched it was actually on the disney channel so like i don't know where it kind of sits in terms of ownership right now. And that, that may have something to do with it. But hopefully maybe it'll show up on Disney Disney Plus at some point. Yeah. yeah it's gotta be it's gotta be some sort of like a Yeah, it's like like some a, legal it's gotta be some legal thing because the sequels are on Disney Plus. Yeah. But like you didn't, uh, no the OG is not. I've never seen any sequels. I've never seen like Brave Little Tulsa Goes to Mars and all that stuff. I've yeah, the, to any. Mars and to the rescue. Yeah, they're. I think but, I, they were, they were at some point, but I'm pretty sure that's they're really cool on Disney yeah. Plus. But it's um, gone for for like ever. It's like this. They'll be like Disney's on DVD. Disney's Brave Little Toaster, and then it'll disappear, and then you'll look it up, and it's like they're not claiming it anymore, and then it'll show. It's it is weird, man. It's a weird sort of dipping in and out that that movie does yeah maybe it simply has to do with like the the bad the bad mojo that disney had with its production you oh, know what man, i mean that makes sense like, yeah. like I, I, you would think sense. that in time that would yeah. go away especially because it's like it's a pretty beloved film i think but i don't know yeah for sure but yeah, I don't know. Let's let's watch the never ending story it's a oh, it's, so it's kind of that. i feel like it falls in the same a similar conversation and uh I feel like in and out for the past few months, I've like, it's come up enough, especially like, again, I was trying to say like stranger things, you know, kind of having that zeitgeisty moment with running up the hill and like people talking about how the prior season had the never ending story moment and things like that. Um, so it would, it's like been on my mind and it just keeps popping up on random things. And like I said, um, maybe that's a sign that I should watch it and yeah. Uh, yeah, we can watch it together. So yeah, we'll do that next Hearing time. Hearing them singing on stranger things, like, warmed my heart because i remember oh, when sure. nobody fucked with that movie and then I, like over the years it's become like this huge thing i mean i was obsessed with it as a kid like i Same. i i loved that movie i, and, like, I read the book all the time 
Like it, I read the like the book when it goes to the special world, it the, like yeah. the text is upside down, yep, yep and in yep. another color. Like, yep, you know, yeah, it's amazing. It's just, it's just a special, it. it's a special, special, special kind of story. So. And I haven't seen it though. Like I said, like a lot of these conversations we're having, these going back to them, I haven't seen it in a bit, and I feel like I saw it. I don't know. Maybe I, did I go see that in the theater? They had like maybe like a like a special event type thing in one of the theaters I'm, i might have seen it like when i was maybe in my late 20s i, f- I feel like i saw it in the theaters but i don't know um uh, i try to see those like when they come back in theaters as much as possible because they look you know pretty cool on the big screen mm. <laughs> um cool all right well that'll be next um so what are we going to move on to? I mean, are we going to go through like what we've seen recently? I mean, is there, I is mean, there anything topically? I mean, it's like we were, you know, I know we were, we were trying to keep this one lean and mean, and we're coming up on, you know, a nice, nice little runtime. If anybody just wants to rattle off some stuff they've seen, or we can maybe tease some stuff that we could talk about in a future episode. I feel like I've seen a bunch of things, but, uh, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't know. We haven't really discussed it. So I'm, I don't, I'm, I don't know what anyone else has, has seen. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay with just mentioning a few things. I mean, I, I know we've talked about it in and out in some of the threads. Like, I've been trying to catch up on some shows that I had. And I know, I think all of us have seen the reboot so far. I mean, yes. the episode oh, yeah. that's been out. Yeah. So, I mean, we could go through that a little bit. What do you guys think of that show? Perfection. I mean, it's Perfection. like, it's like a, a, a bunch of pros doing a sitcom that's got like a clear concept and right. a hook to it and it feels like yeah. they can be meta without being too cute about it and it's 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 like we were talking about in our text thread about like i was saying paul reiser is like legit great like sitcom ninja he knows exactly what he's doing with every little mannerism as far as conveying a character i think there's plenty yeah. of people on this show judy greer keegan michael great. key um they're great. all in that place johnny knoxville is is holding his own by kind yes. of playing himself but a lot of the affection we have for johnny knoxville kind of feeds into totally. our affection for this character I, I just think it's like it might be down the middle and in some ways it might be kind of a basic sitcom but in some other ways it's like it's that fun of watching the craft of a sitcom it feels it feels current it feels of today but it also feels like it's just a it's just a classic like it was a great we, we we've been able to see i think the whole first season uh yeah. the screeners and um it was just one of the easiest binges like it's one of those shows that you just go through like like a knife through butter when when you finally when you get the rhythm of it you're like oh i could watch this yeah. you could easily watch another episode of this right now you know yeah so, it's great so no i enjoyed the hell out of it and it's very funny too that's the other thing is a lot of times with sitcoms yes. They missed the sort of comedy sequence thing, yeah. and this show had me laughing hard. Maybe the hardest <laughs> laugh I had was Keegan Michael Key's scene in the basketball uh, game, how that goes. But there was a moment where I was laughing pretty darn hard. <laughs> I'm a little montage. So- <laughs> yeah, really good. No, it is very funny, and I think that's like, I think also like personally, I, I like the the like the behind the scenes of of, of making the show. Like I feel right. like. Yeah especially the making of a show that's supposed to be better than the sick, you know, than, 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 than the source sitcom, like that's right. what everybody yeah. says, or well, I think that's the motivation. So I, I think it's funny to see, you know, them trying to reboot something that, you know, had an, had a fandom and, you know, had an audience that loved it for the, the sitcom of that time, but now they're yeah. all like wanting something more from it. Uh, and I, 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 yeah, I don't know. Like the cast is great, and yeah, it it, it moves at such a clip that like you're just like you're just going through the episodes. You're like, oh, on to the next one, on to the next one. 
but I also like that it's on Hulu and like it can be kind of raunchy. It can kind of be yeah. explicit. You know, it can it doesn't like pull the punch of like, you know, the of the safety of the sitcom that it's rebooting. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. It's yeah. Really funny to kind of get that behind the scene. Like it's surprisingly uh, so at a couple of moments where you're like, yeah. oh shit, I'm not watching yeah. I'm not watching a sanitized sitcom at all. But it does exactly. still it still fits that like 25 minute whatever format, you know. Yeah, it's it's just, it's it, it's fun, man. There's a show that it reminds me of so much, and you would not believe what I'm going to say, but the Muppets remake, the mm. Muppet, the show called Muppets that came out uh, six or seven years ago. Um, it's literally almost the same premise, kind of the same sort of like behind the scenes thing, um, except uh, Miss Piggy is trying to kind of rebrand herself. Right. It's totally like it's 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 so good. And I think that because it kind of took sort of this sort of comedy angle, I think that people aren't ready to see the Muppets kind of in these adult situations and kind of adult more adult jokes and Yeah, I remember when, when that came on that some people oh, God, were like man, I was a huge fan of it. I man. knew some people that liked it, but I also did hear people saying that it didn't click because it was not how people wanted to see the Muppets, which is right, right, which is right. funny because they started out as like I mean that the the idea of them as children's characters is is not not necessarily the way they've always been right. handled. Like right. Jim Henson started off doing stuff for for SNL, you know, around the same time that he was starting what we would consider the Muppets. So he was um, they're malleable in that way, I guess, as as characters. Yeah. Um, yeah anything else like movies? Has anyone else been been to see any movies or anything? <clears throat> um. Uh. I don't, even, I don't think I've seen anything uh, in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I haven't uh, really seen anything either. I've been watching, it's mainly TV. Like the other show I wanted to mention was I, I finally, I think I'm call, maybe one behind. I know, I think we have access to the season, but I've been watching it with Aaron just like as they've aired. But the uh, Apple TV Plus show, Bad Sisters, Sharon Horgan's uh, mm. new series. Have I watched the guys- first two episodes and okay. I, I really love it. And I think I've just been waiting for a time that Aaron and I can watch together, but cool ass premise incredible acting super funny i'm really enjoying it but how, yeah, how far she, along she, she uh I, like i said i think i'm caught up i think there's maybe oh, okay. one episode that came out this a couple of days ago or whatever that i haven't watched yet but um yeah like you know you, you just like kind of like a, a, a fun little mystery of like you know what actually happened you know you, it's, it's the kind of thing where like the show you, you the event happens in the pilot you know where you know, somebody, something happens to somebody and each episode is kind of stepping back and kind of piecing together uh, what happened and, and what involvement these sisters had. Um, but, you know, and and, and the, the, the lead, uh, the guy who the thing happens to in the first episode, he's just like despicable. And, you know, you just like, well, yeah, like what horrible thing happened to him and who <laughs> did it? And right. like, why didn't they do it sooner kind of thing? Like, he's just like a horrible. It's it's the guy who was in that Dracula series on uh, Netflix, Klaus Bang. He was in um, mm. the Dracula series on Netflix. He was also in the Northman earlier this year. Um, if you saw that. What was he in um, the Northman? He was. Um, was he the, the bad guy? Yes. The one that was. Oh, no, that was him. Uh, F- Fjorn, the 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 what yes, the fuck was his they, full name i don't want to give it up the what the one that did the thing that he did when he did it you know yeah. that guy Fjol, that Fjol, motherfucker fionier the brotherless he was in oh. the northman i mean i, I yeah i mean he, he's great in this show too like okay, he's so cool. fucking good at being okay. like 
he's like, you know, he's got that relationship with his wife, who's one of the sisters um, where like she's so dependent on him and he's so manipulative and he's such a horrible man. Mm -hmm. Um, But like the sisters just like see through it all and just have this idea of how to take him down. And you're just like, well, how did it happen? Like, how did they do it? You know, did they do it? You know, is a question of what actually even happened. But it's great. I mean, and Sharon Horgan is, I mean, you know, anything she's involved with, I want to see. But the cast in general is really good. One of the other uh, Gleason sons is in it. Um, uh, He's one of he's one of the the, uh, if you saw the first few episodes, like he's like the life insurance guy. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Brian Gleason. um, He's a Gleason. He's yeah. He's uh, Brendan Gleason's other son. The fuck that's what he everybody that, calls him is he's the other one <laughs> the he, other he, one he was in that frank of ireland series on amazon prime did you watch that okay mm-hmm. yeah, no, yeah it was great. It was, it. It, that was great too but yeah okay. i don't know i'm loving bad sisters i've been like trying to tell people about it anybody like hey apple tv they got a quality they got a quality thing going on there like uh, okay, all their cool. all their shit is like good at least yeah. and uh yes. this is a this is this is For a sure. really good show so yeah definitely okay. definitely think you guys should check it out I just finished uh, catching up on For All Mankind. Speaking of Apple TV Plus, yeah, um, that's another one that's like it surprises you with the quality level that it achieves sometimes with its effects or its atmosphere yeah. or just what they're putting into it. And even it's kind of a soapy show, and it's definitely the definition definitely. of a show that's like if you, there's certain plot lines you're going to be more invested in than others, and there's going to spend time with certain characters where you're like, oh, I'm not as, I don't care as much about this as I, but overall, like they always come to some place at the end of a season where it's like a big moment or a big, a big sequence. That's not quite like something they've done before. Right. And they always leave me at the end of a season ready for, oh, I can't wait to see the next jump forward yeah. because they kind of jump yeah. forward every every season, about 10 years. Ten years. Um, oh, wow. And it's, it's like the alternate history that starts off as like just a branch in the history becomes this total alternate, it's a sci-fi scenario almost. Or it's yeah. like, I don't know what you call it when, I guess alternate history, but it is a bit of a futuristic scenario because some of the technology is more advanced in the 80s or 90s on this show because the space program was just more important from the 60s onward. And so it's like the effects of what would happen if the government was putting maybe too much money into space exploration, you know, like that's not a question that we will ever see the answer to in our, in our real world. Um, But that's a show that I've, I've been, I've been enjoying lately. I've been keeping up with reservation dogs. I think, I feel like that's another show that like has continued to kind of wow me in its, uh, second season um uh uh i just i'll just rattle off some movies that i've seen just because i've seen a bunch recently that are they're good i liked uh confess flesh fletch um uh we talked about uh, see how they run we were going to talk about that on the show at some point but i enjoyed that one um i thought vengeance was okay um uh, i enjoyed breaking the John Boyega performance oh, nice. in that oh, is I insane. Watch all of these. Um, I saw. I love my dad. The Patton Oswalt kind of cringe fest, and it is exactly that. <laughs> it's almost unpleasantly cringy as it goes along. Um, and um, I also made it out to the theater to see uh, uh, Pearl and um, Barbarian. Two Ooh, new horror movies that are getting nice. talked around. I want to see both of those. Yeah. What do you think of both of those? I no, mean, no spoilers for Barbarian. No, spoilers, no, no, no. In no fact, spoilers. I will say this about oh Barbarian. God. 
People talk about it. The, the, part of the hype of Barbarian is don't talk about what happens in it, and the trailers have okay. been very good about keeping it. You know, no one's talking yeah. about what happens in this movie. I would yes. say what makes it noteworthy, though, is not so much the scenario or what's revealed, because it, it might remind you of other movies you've seen. What is unique about this movie is that it feels almost like a like a tarantino movie or something in the way that it's structured the way that like the timeline works and the way that you oh, okay. you 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 pick up with a character and then you see another character and you see how those things might connect and it's okay. that it's so it's formally a very bold movie um plot wise it's it's not trying to reinvent anything it, it kind of gets it's like the, it, the 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 fear it gets out of you is a very real kind of primal fear that like i feel like any audience member would tap into some version of don't go in there, that kind of feeling you get, you know? Right, so in right. that sense, it's a, it's a, definitely a, a ride. And that's why I feel like it's amazing that so many people have been respecting the let's not talk about that's this awesome. movie because it's not that much of a, you couldn't really spoil it that much if you knew more. It's just that it's really fun watching a movie. Not no, like I, if I'm reading a book, sometimes I don't read the flap. Because I, I just assume, just if I know I'm going to read it, then I'd love the surprise. And this is a movie right, that I feel yeah. like people should receive that way. Um, Pearl, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I really, really, really like this movie. Like, I, okay. I didn't, I didn't when, when X ended, I didn't want a prequel to it. I thought that the little trailer they tacked on to the end of X for this movie didn't really look like a movie I was that interested in seeing. But uh, between the two of them, Mia Goth and uh, Ty West, the, the star and kind of co-writers and director of this movie, have created something in this character of Pearl that really is, like, in terms of the slasher movie landscape, it really is something new. And it really is like a character who's scary in a unique way and Mia Goth just destroys this movie I mean she's incredible in it and it the, everyone else is like pitch perfect too honestly it's my favorite Ty West movie um maybe since House of the Devil but definitely wow. since the innkeepers you know like I I, I liked I liked innkeepers more than most but um to me this was like oh yeah if I this is the kind of movie that I pictured Ty West might be making when I fell in love with uh House of the Devil. It's just a really assured movie, and it is a slow burn, but it has enough going on in it that's just kind of creepy that I don't feel like you you get that sense that you're waiting too long. And the thing it has up on X is that the kills, I feel like consistently, whereas in X, I felt like there were a couple of really memorable creative kills, and then a few that I can't even remember how somebody died or what happened to them. Um, in Pearl, the deaths are all very, like, different from each other and distinct and all very much part of a of a of a character-based plot line that I just don't think you often see in this yeah. this type of movie. In some ways it's a really old-fashioned movie that then turns into a slasher film kind of, but oh, um, wow. no no I really enjoyed enjoyed Pearl cool. a lot. Um I just wanted to mention two things. Yeah. Uh one uh six uh not six not since Succession have I seen a show that is hitting on all cylinders the way that fucking industry is hitting on all oh, cool. cylinders. I don't I like I I know that people aren't talking about it and and, and I'll be honest, I think it's because it's led by because it's Afri young African American lady in London. And I don't know. People have this thing where like, oh, it might be too this woman is incredible. Uh Mahela, um Mahela Harold is her name. Um, she's Harper. She was um, working at a hedge fund to, um, in London, and it's kind of about uh, no, it's a bank actually that that does investments, and it's just about her life 
as a person that transitions from New York to London, and this is kind of fleshing out her character in the second season, because you kind of saw that she had the, the the guts to do what she's doing in the industry, but season two really fleshes out who she is as a person. And everybody else that's in the story, it's just a really well-told story that really brings itself together in the second season. It's like a culmination of all this tension that existed in the first season, and it's just chef's kiss. Uh, second thing I want to talk about is um, a movie from 2013 that was just released by Shell Factory that I think may be one of the best horror remakes of all time. Uh, I didn't believe in remakes until I saw this movie. And then I forgot about them. And then I remember this movie again. I'm like, oh, you know what? Remakes aren't so bad. If Evil Dead 2013 didn't <laughs> exist, I wouldn't believe in them. This movie is beautiful. And Sony gave Shout Factory a 4K transfer that is just crispy, just crispy and beautiful. You know, it's just perfection. I mean, apparently it's pretty close to the um, 2018 uh, Blu-ray that came out. It doesn't have any new features. It has those features, but the picture is incredible. You you won't see a more crispy version of the 2013 masterpiece, Evil Dead. I mean, I forgot how much it centered around addiction and stuff like that. And, um, the cool things that they do that really pay homage, but really add on to the legacy of this movie. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, yeah, the series just really, I'm so sad that they didn't make a second one, uh, especially after freshly watching how brutal this one was, how brutal it was so brutal. No one was safe. Um, Evil Dead 2013 released by Shell Factory is beautiful. It's kind of the way you do a remake too, because it's like, for sure, it, it doesn't try to top, the original at its game it does it yeah. it does like what if you were making the original you know later i guess it was what 30 years later um but with like th that sensibility but it kept alive the i mean i guess maybe it's because that sam raimi aesthetic what we love about it is just the sort of the anarchic sensibility behind it and the kind of what you said nobody's safe creative camera work some shit's yeah. gonna hurt some creative gore like yeah. there's like that template is is sort of an evergreen template and there's a lot of oh, yeah. there's a lot of fun to be had and i think that's yeah. as gruesome as a movie is as you've said and as dark as it is it is also kind of it's got that roller coaster ride aspect to it that i think yeah. is true very true to the sam raimi idea behind the original of like yeah. just giving an audience a thrill so yeah, no, I love that movie. Aren't they kind of following it up? Isn't there an Evil Dead sequel that's set in a high rise that's supposed to be like yeah, kind of e picking up e in that aftermath or something? Yeah, Evil Dead Rises or Rise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Lee Cronin's directing it. Um, but yeah, that's definitely either it's coming out like soon or is it HBO Max? It was going to be an HBO Max, but they they yeah. bumped it to theatrical, which theatrical. I guess is a sign of confidence in the oh, movie. Yes, they announced all those movies. I went, oh, that was in that. Yeah. Sort of bunch of movies. That's cool, man. I'm I'm down to see it. This is totally unrelated, but related. How jazzed or not jazzed are you about the new Halloween coming out? I just want to close the podcast. How how are you feeling as we get closer to the 
the third and final installment of this trilogy. I am excited about, I have some friends who we watched the second one together and I think okay. we're, pl we're planning on watching the third one together. So it'll be like pizza and beers and watching a movie with friends. So I'm super excited about seeing this movie in that way. Um, <laughs> the movie itself, I feel like it's such a crapshoot. Like I'm interested to know what it is, but every time they open their mouths about it, I kind of, it's like half tantalizing and half, worrying like so i don't know i don't know i mean i feel like that team that's made these movies maybe they would have been better off just making a really solid single film uh like a slasher or something it, it, like a solid slasher entry kind of the way 2018 was in a way but i feel like i don't know like w at the end of this trilogy we'll be able to look at their choices and see what they kind of had in mind but you keep hearing about how they've changed their mind so many times and i don't know i just don't know what to expect from this movie yeah. at all um i know there was some talk about you know maybe some kind of copycat michael people are analyzing the trailer saying is this really right. him or not um i sort of hope it doesn't go down that road a hundred percent but I'm not one of those people who hates the Friday the 13th where it's not Jason. I feel like that's it's a trashy movie, but it's it's kind of a fun one. Um, right. I like Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, even though it's not a Michael Myers entry. So I don't know. I'm open for a very creative movie, but I find so yeah. often when when you hear that these people, oh, we, we have a take. Oh, we've got a great take. So often when I watch the movie, I'm like, I don't know what the fucking take is. Like even Halloween yeah. 2018, the, the, all the talk about, oh, they had this great take, this pitch. I still don't know what their take is exactly. The, the more they do, the less sure of what their take is <laughs> that I... Yeah. That I feel like I have a hold of, so yeah. But yeah. I, but as far as like, am I psyched for it? I'm I'm super psyched for the experience of watching what could be, a, even if it's a humorously weird or bad movie, I'll be watching it in an environment that makes that fun, you know. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm really excited to see it. I mean, I you know the you know Halloween Kills. I didn't think was like a very it wasn't wasn't like a great Halloween movie, but it was <laughs> a lot of fun to watch. Like kind of yeah. John's getting at, you know. So however, I see end up seeing this one. I would say it's not a good sign and we just a little inside baseball here. It's not a good sign that, you know, when we get an invitation to a screening for a movie that like there's an embargo of like the night before release at like 11 p.m. Sure. Like, you know, not yeah, to get into details, but like it's not usually a sign of confidence, you know, in terms right. of reviews or sometimes in terms of reviews or quality of the movie. Um, so that that worries me a little bit to see that because I, I feel like people were seeing Halloween 2018 early. Uh, you know, and talking about it early. Um, yes. And that's what kind of propelled that movie to being like the big, big hit that it was. Um, but I mean, I think they'll all be successful. I, you know, I, I'm here for Jamie Lee. You know, I, I'm excited to see more of her in this movie because it seems like she's going to be in a lot of this movie, mm -hmm. unlike she was in Halloween Kills. Right. Yeah. Um, like the idea of that whole like separating everything for that entire movie was kind of uh, interesting take, uh, if that's the take. But it was mm. I, I didn't personally love that because uh, I think that's really the whole that's what that's what I want to see in these Halloween movies. If that's what they're if that's what they're doing, like if they're using Laurie Strode and they're using Jamie Lee to do all this promotion, you know, and she's out there like basically banging the drum as hard as she can for this final movie everywhere she goes. Um, I love her and I love this movie. I love the franchise, the characters. I I'm excited to see how they end it. I mean, and it's just a weird road it's taken to get to it because it does seem like, um, you know, with the one in 2018 that maybe there was something cool happening and then kind of lost a little momentum, but maybe they can regain it. Um, 
and and uh and and this trilogy on a higher note um because i would love that and anytime i can see a halloween movie in october is a plus and uh yes. you know, so I'm, I'm excited to see it so you know the, the one thing i've picked up on is that jamie lee seems to be playing a slightly more like upbeat version of laurie in this like that she's not as tortured and obsessed with michael as she was in the in the first like in 2018 i don't know right. what to call that movie which is interesting to think that it's a few years after her daughter was murdered by michael that she would be more chill with him <laughs> than she was after 40 years of just some right. people she knew dying <laughs> but no i just i i feel like that was a real choice maybe that was their take that was, was the, the interesting thing the, yeah. that laurie's been like dealing with trauma this whole time and that she never got over that night i feel like in some ways they paid that off but also uh, there's a part of me that never quite liked that idea like i always felt like a stronger Lori who'd gone on and lived her life is more inspiring to me and more in line with that character to me. And right. I, I, I know that that's what that's like what they did with Luke in the last Jedi. It's like, you take a character and you put them off on a slightly less heroic place. Right. Um, and I get that, but that's something I'm looking forward to seeing in this movie, just from the trailer. It feels like we've got a little bit more of like, you know, badass Lori, uh, sure. as opposed to just, tortured um you know isolated lori um yeah but uh, yeah if it's against a, some kind of copycat that 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 changes it a little but i i can't imagine that that's going to be the case for an entire movie if this nah. is their the end of their big trilogy um, i agree so yeah no and, and you know what i liked about kills was how mean michael was and that there were just some good sequences of michael going around and and fucking shit up yeah. so yeah um I'm hoping that we get that in this movie, that at least there's some good creative use of just whatever's lying around, whatever weapons are handy. Um, and yeah, let's look at, let's, let's get introduced to some obnoxious people that five minutes later, they're dead. Let's just, yeah. you know, just give us a little bit of that. Michael Myers. It there's, seems like there's plenty of that in the trailer. Right. Well, it's like, there's still the power of just that face coming out of the shadows is still, <laughs> still gets me. It's still Still yeah, more powerful sure. than like seeing Jason come out or Freddie come out to me. Like the image of Michael Myers still has some power. So, yeah, um, I'm 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 excited to see what what they might have in mind. Even if they've shown us twice now that what they have in mind might not seem that different. It's kind of just about the execution and maybe sure. bringing it into the modern day. But nobody thinks this yeah. is really going to be the last one, um, no. especially if it's successful. So, yeah, couple week couple weeks we'll know. Yeah, true, true, yeah. true. Evil will die that day. Yeah, it, it didn't die that other night. No, it so didn't. Yeah. It the did. night, the night he came home, it didn't. Evil didn't die. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, I guess we can wrap it up at that. Anything else you guys want to mention? Any other last minute things you see you've seen that you wanted to say anything about? Not on my end. Not me. Just, just, just a comment. Like we've got a, we've got a. Uh, for those looking for horror and like you know in the in the month ahead you know in, in halloween month um like john mentioned pearl and barbarians in theaters you know this week smile comes out which has been getting really good reviews which has really? been described as like a, a a cross of like the ring and it follows which just sounds like an amazing marriage oh. to me um yeah it had its premiere um i think it's fantastic fest um and it's got that one know. gag in the trailer where the head swings down yeah, where you're, down, you're expecting yeah. the head to look down but instead it kind of yeah. swings yeah. down yeah that's pretty but cool. it's been getting like amazing reviews which just makes me excited but yeah like you get that and halloween ends and we've got mike flanagan's midnight club series coming out on netflix in a couple weeks the hellraiser movie um which actually as we're recording this they just revealed is a secret screening at fantastic fest happening now 
So like that's coming out on Hulu. You know, there's just all these great uh, properties uh, coming Guillermo out. Guillermo del Toro's anthology series is coming out on Netflix. Oh, right, too. Netflix. Right, exactly. There's, there's wow. just a lot of great stuff in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, we're, we're eating good uh, in the next few weeks. The, the horror fans uh, listening to this podcast, we, we're 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 got a, a few great weeks ahead of us. So yeah, yeah. let's. I'm, I'm excited to see that stuff. Talk about it here. I'm just very excited for this time of year, and it seems like we'll have a lot of fun stuff to watch. Moviesmovie.com is the website. You can go there to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you choose to use uh, on your mobile device or your uh, computer, whatever it is, your car. Um, but uh, you can also go to YouTube um, and subscribe there. All the socials link from moviesmovie.com. If you want to see the video element of this podcast, um, make sure if you go there, you hit the you know the like and subscribe hey, button. If you're looking at us, hey. Updates. Yeah, hi. Hi. Uh, uh, there'll be like a little bell or a subscribe like thing right around this area i think yeah. somewhere in that ballpark hit it uh so you get the alerts when they come out um and otherwise we'll be back next week with some more conversations about movies and tvs and news uh tv shows rather in news and i'm sure probably something marvel's going to creep its way into the conversation it always does always. um but also as always you've made our day thanks Bye. pipe down carpet breath Ha, 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 ha.